0: You are listening to the Sun Grove podcast. For more information, please visit our website at sungrove.org. Awesome. Why don't you go ahead and have a seat and grab your program, take out the outline that's inside there. I believe that God really has a word that he wants to walk with you and trust in trust to you today. And isn't it good news that we can approach God at any time? Like you don't have to make an appointment. I mean, if you ever made an appointment like with your doctor or with your dentist or with other people, like sometimes it takes a couple of weeks. Like they're like, we can get you in a lot farther than you want to get in. With God, you don't have to make an appointment. You just talk to him, and he's available to you, and he loves you, and it's an invitation for you and I to rest in the love. Of God, it's prayer, it's awesome that we can do that. And and we're in a series called Faithful Instructions and I believe that Paul in the book of Thessalonians gives a triple threat of faithful instructions for his people that help us increase the power and the energy and really the impact of our lives. We try to do life on our own so often, and that's not what God wants to do. I think we sometimes need to change our approach, particularly when it comes to rejoicing always, particularly when it comes to praying continually, particularly when it comes to giving thanks and to seeking out God's will in Christ Jesus. Like, we've got to change our approach. 20 years ago, in the year 2000, for the Summer Olympic Games in Sydney, Australia, the British rowing team was gonna get prepared for that Olympics. And they were not considered a contender and nobody else thought they were, they didn't even think they were. But four years before that Olympic games, they said, if we want to have a different outcome, we've gotta change our approach. We gotta train differently. We, they had not won a gold medal since 1912. And in all those years, British rowing is supposed to be this amazing powerhouse, and they just hadn't done anything. So they said, We got to change. We got to change how we train. We got to change what we do. And so they decided to come up with a one step approach to every decision they made because they realized our coaches are not with us 24 7. They're not with us all the time, coaching us and telling us what we need to do or not need to do. They can't be there all the time, so we've got to self-govern somehow. And so the players had a meeting, and they came up with one-step approach to every decision they made. Every decision. And the approach was this. They asked the question, every decision they made, they asked the question, will it make the boat go faster? So they asked the question, the opportunity comes up. Every opportunity, every decision, every decision that they make, they ask this question. So they think, well, do I want to stay out late on the night before a big training event? They ask the question, will it make the boat go faster? Should I have a high-calorie donut, high-carb donut? Will it make the boat go faster? Will I cling to my position on the boat and be unwilling to change, or will I allow the, cho- the coaches to make us be flexible for the betterment of the team? Well, will it make the boat go faster. In every decision that they made over the course of those four years, they began to ask one question, will it make the boat go faster? So they changed their approach. And then it was tested in the year 2000. When the Olympics came, the year 2000, their approach was going to be put to the test. Did it help them or did it hurt them? And that year, year 2000, every British Olympic uh, athlete went home in rowing, With a gold medal around their neck. They changed their approach. And their approach changed everything. And I believe that God sometimes wants us to change our approach. We keep doing the same things. We keep getting the same results. And I believe that God wants you and I to change our approach to how we do life. One of the things we talked about last week was rejoicing always. And so this week, you and I had opportunity to put that to practice, to choose joy even if our happenings don't make us happy. How do we choose joy? And you had an opportunity to look at that as we and experience that firsthand this week. My encouragement is keep choosing joy. But not only that, there's a couple other things that Paul would tell us to do. If you have your Bible, look with me at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, these verses contain commands. These are imperatives. They are commands that tell us what we ought to do. And so these are commands in how we live our lives with God, how we relate to God and how we relate to others in the world. And so we're to rejoice always, we're to pray continually, we're to give thanks in all circumstances. And notice that there are no exceptions for persons or circumstances or events. It says rejoice when? Always. Pray when? Continually. Give thanks in all. Right? There's no margin. There's no, you know, uh, there's no exceptions to that rule. And I want you to understand that this is the approach to a life upgrade. If you want the quality of your life, the quality of your um, being present, if you want the quality of your relationship with God to increase, to go up, I believe that this is a recipe, and I believe that you and I, to change our approach so we experience the intimacy that we're so longing for with God that we're experiencing the power and the peace that we want so much in our life that is we're gonna have trouble in this world but God has given us a recipe to overcome the troubles that we face and the troubles of the people around us and the troubles that we care for that in the midst of those circumstances we still have the chance to experience joy to pray and experience the power of God and to give him thanks in all circumstances. Here's why you need this sermon. You might agree that prayer is powerful, but you need to change your approach to prayer. You need to pray continually. Now, people have heard this in the different versions of the Bible say, pray without ceasing you know, pray continually, pray all the time. When, uh, when we pray before meals, that's kind of our family rhythm. We gather around the little island in our kitchen, and we'll hold hands, and we pray before a meal. And sometimes as we're waiting for different family members to get there, I'm a little hungry. So I'll reach over, and I'll grab like a piece of fruit, or I'll grab a chip, and I'll start munching on it. And then inevitably, when everybody gets there, uh, one of, someone will say, oh, Dad, you should pray, because they see me chewing. Right? So they know oh, my mouth is full. They know, uh, you know. And then my comeback is always, well, well, I pray without ceasing. You know, they're like, Dad prayed before. Dad started eating before he prayed. Right? I pray without ceasing. That's always my <laughs> comeback. Right? Like, it's a joke. Like, what does that mean? Like, pray without ceasing. Pray continually. Like, what in the world is that? How do we do that? And is it a realistic thing for you and I to do? And it is. And I want you to write this down. Pray continually. Does this mean I spend 24-7 on my knees? No. No, it doesn't mean you spend 24 7 on your knees it doesn't mean that you pray and you just you never stop praying that's not what he's saying when he says pray continually in fact paul says this about their work and about their effort he says this in first thessalonians 2 9 surely you remember brothers and sisters our toil and hardship we worked night and when Day, all right, double shifts, right? We work night and day in order to not be a burden to anyone while we preach the gospel of God to you. So listen, they worked, and they worked hard. They weren't just always on their knees. They weren't always walking around in some sort of holy manner. They worked, and so there was lots that they had to do. It doesn't mean that you're 24-7 on your knees. Write this down. We are to be mindful of Christ, that we can talk to him any time. You can talk to God anytime. You know one of the number one reasons you don't talk to God anytime? It's because you have too much noise in your life. The noise of your own thoughts. The noise of every entertainment opportunity given to us in the entire world, whether it's music or a podcast or anything else. We have a lot of noise going on. How many of you panic a little bit when it gets a little too quiet? Like in the house, like you just don't love it when it gets a little too quiet, right? You need constantly need noise. How many of you would say, and you don't have to raise your hand to answer this, but how many of you actually fall asleep to noise? Okay, yeah, we have sometimes we have too much noise in our lives. And sometimes we need to quiet. Why? Because in the quiet is where we begin to remember the things that are deepest. And so we need to sometimes remove the noise of our lives. Sometimes the noise is the conflict around us. Sometimes the noise is just the, the entertainment we have. Sometimes the noise is just the constant conversation that's going on in our head. And we don't know how to sit with the Lord and be with the Lord in stillness. And God calls us to spend part of our day to slow ourselves down, to have a rhythm within our day where we stop and we consider him. That's continually, that we have a rhythm in our life, that we have a pattern in our life that lets us slow down from the pace, slow down from the noise, and consider him. Write this down. The word continually does not refer to uninterrupted prayer, but it refers to constantly recurring prayer. So it's not uninterrupted, it doesn't just go without ceasing, it means it's going to recur, it's going to happen again and again and again, you and I are going to come around and we're going to pray again and again. Now listen, when you and I pray to God, it is not liturgy, it is not counting beads, it is not doing a chant, it is not memorizing something and saying it over and over and over again as if the more times you say it, the more God will be like, well I think okay I'll answer that now. What it means is that you have an invitation to a recurring conversation with the Lord. That you're inviting him in. That you're bringing him into your circumstances. And you, time and again, throughout your day, can talk to God. So, as you go throughout your day, prayer is inviting God's power and presence into all your activity with a desire to do his will. Isn't that beautiful that prayer is an invitation? That God's put the invitation out there to you and me. You can approach me anytime, in all circumstances, no matter when. You can always approach me. So our response to that invitation is to take a moment to really rest in the love of God. And to bring our requests before him. To bring our concerns before him. And to actually make ourselves less and make him more. That's part of the point of prayer. Is that we say, God, I want to do what your will is, but guess what? So often I don't know what your will is. Fortunately, we've got this verse, these three verses right here, because it tells us exactly what is God's will for us in Christ Jesus. There are other verses that expound on that, but we know for sure it is God's will that you and I rejoice always. It is God's will that you and I pray continually that we keep taking that opportunity to invite his power and his presence into all of our activity with a desire to do his will. But what happens? Like, this is how prayers oftentimes go for Christians. I don't know if you're aware of this. But let's say you're going to go on a road trip somewhere, and your prayer is like this. Dear God, we just pray for safety on the road today. We pray that all our tires would stay inflated. We pray that the engine would work. We pray that the cop's radar would just go, Lord, just have it (laughs) pass over us. Make seeing radar blind, and blind radar see the other guy, and you just pray, God, I just pray that we would get there in the fastest amount of time possible, that no one in the car would have to go to the bathroom. Like, we basically pray, God, we want an uninterrupted, we want a great life that's all about us, and that's what our prayers are like. Lord, we just pray for traveling mercies. What are traveling mercies? What what happens when the car breaks down? What happens when you get the flat tire? What happens when someone in the car gets sick to their stomach? What happens when you got someone pregnant in the car and they have to stop every 30 minutes? Right? Life happens. So wouldn't our prayers be a little bit better to say something like this. God, your, your car broke down. And I just feel this angst right now and didn't expect this. But God, I need your peace right now so that I don't start complaining. And I don't bring dishonor to you. I'm going to have to choose joy in this situation, God. And wouldn't it be better to have the power of God in that kind of moment than just this, God, keep my life safe, help me to have no problems, help nobody to ever get sick kind of prayers? Let me tell you, if your prayers are always like, God, just don't let me get sick. God, help me have no problems. God, give me an easy life. I want to tell you today that your prayer needs an upgrade. You need a new approach to your prayer. If people ask you for prayer requests and you always make a prayer request for somebody else's health situation, then I would suggest to you that you need an upgrade to your prayer life. Because God is concerned with the issue so often behind our requests and the issue in front of our requests so often is our comfort, our ease. And it doesn't mean that God doesn't care about that stuff. He does. But if that's our only request that we bring before the Lord, we're not saying, God, help me in every situation to rejoice always when the car breaks down, to pray continually and to give thanks in all circumstances, even though I don't know why the car broke down and I don't know how long it's gonna take the repair person to get here. Wouldn't our prayers be different if we approach it a little bit differently, inviting God's power, inviting God's presence into all our activity with a desire to do as will? you be like, Lord, I know I could complain My joy could be shot right now. I could go another direction, but I need you right now. How much difference would it be if we did that? Which prayer, right, would more closely resemble the prayer Jesus might pray? Or he might pray for us. I don't think he's going to complain, but he might know I will. Right? So we want to pray more like that. In fact, Isaiah 26.3, and people will take a verse like this out of context. But Isaiah 26.3 says this. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Now, what does that verse say? Keep that verse up there just a minute if you guys will. What does that verse say? It's saying that he's going to keep our life in perfect peace? No. What's he going to keep in perfect peace? Those whose what? Minds. God's going to keep your mind, when you want to have your mind blown, or you want to lose your mind, or you want to lose your patience, or you want your mind to go, ah! Like, God's going to, no, God's going to keep in peace those whose minds are steadfast. Why? Because our trust is in Him. How do we trust God? We trust God because we pray. We trust God because we begin to invite Him into every situation in our life. And so our mind doesn't get blown, or we don't lose our mind as often. In circumstances. So, what changes is not that you have more uh, peaceful experiences in your life. What it means is you have more peace in all the experiences of your life. That's a big difference. In the non peaceful experiences, your mind can be changed. Your mind can be rewired literally, biologically, your mind can be rewired when you and I rejoice always, when we pre- pray continually. And when we give thanks in all circumstances, guess what happens biologically in your mind? You create new pathways and map ways in your mind, and you're going to react different in different situations. Why? Because you've built a pathway of trust in the overall goodness of God, even when things don't look so good. Write this down. The command, rejoice always, goes hand in hand with pray continually and give thanks. It's a triple threat to all that threatens your psychological well-being. One of the most famous verses that people will memorize because they're just great verses is found in the book of Philippians. Same author. It's Paul who wrote Thessalonians. But in Philippians 4, 6-7, through 7, he says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then it says this and the peace of god which transcends all what understanding where's understanding happen in the mind right the peace of god which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in christ jesus so when we pray when we bring our prayers and petitions before the lord what changes in us is our thinking and our feeling and i want you to understand that so often we'll pray for god to change god bring world peace god you know, heal all cancer. You know, figure out, help us figure out how to, you know, cure that thing. And we, tr- we pray these things, but the truth is God's saying, I want to change you through prayer more than simply the circumstances you're asking me about. In fact, when God answers prayer, what he wants to do is change you and that thing you're asking him about. It's both. I like telling this story, but I used to have a friend named Mark, and when we were teenagers, we started getting very mature because that's what teenagers do. <laughs> got very mature. But Mark, Mark was delayed. Mark was a little behind. He was still very spastic. He was still very excitable. He was still just, like, if you needed someone to do the crazy thing, it was Mark. And I remember one time, we're like, man, like, we, we were almost feeling like, we were like ninth graders, and we're like, let's ditch him. And then we're like, after a while, it didn't really work because he's, he's fast. He kept up with us. And so, he was just always around us, and we started thinking that was embarrassing, you know, around girls and that kind of thing. So we were like, we got to pray about this because these are the important things in life. So we prayed, God, please, we, almost like we just need to lay hands on this man. God, please change Mark. Guess what happened? Mark didn't change. He's still the same way. He's my age, and he's still like, Wah! right? He's probably an enthusiast, for all I know. But Mark didn't change, but guess what happened? We changed. We stopped trying to change him, and God began to change us. And guess what happens when you and I pray in your marriage? What happens when you pray in your work situation, your relationship with your boss? Guess what happens when you pray about the things that are concerning you that make you so frustrated? God comes around and begins to change you as he's also going to work, and he does care about your circumstances. That's what happens. Guess what happens? Your mind changes. Your heart changes changes. God's going to keep you in perfect peace because he's going to change your mind. And he's going to change your heart. And what we want so often is we think, oh, I just got to go to God only when I need, or I got to go to God only when I'm desperate. And God is saying, come to me continually. Have an ongoing, regular conversation with me throughout the day about all sorts of things that you would never even really think to invite me into. How beautiful could that be? We'll write this down. Prayer works. The only thing that stops it is people who fail to practice it. Prayer works. Do you know why we stop our services in a sense? Typically at the meet and greet time and we take time to corporately pray for requests that you write down on your cards and then you give in. Why do we actually as a church do that together corporately? We do it because it works. We see God answering those prayers. We see God changing people. We see God transforming lives. And honestly, like me, I'm time conscious. If it didn't work, we wouldn't do it. But I want for the very first time a person walks in this place to go, this church prays. They believe in it. And I want you to know if you're there and you're like, well, I I pray about big things, but I don't know about all this stuff. I want you to know that when we take time and we come before God and we pray before him that it works. I want you to know that it works. It's not a performance. We don't bring people up here who can pray fancy. We bring people up here who are willing to say, listen, we're going to pray together. Why? Because we believe that prayer works and we think you ought to do it. That's what we're trying to do there. We want you to know that prayer works. If it didn't work, we would stop. But what happens? Sometimes we stop because we don't think it worked the way we wanted God to answer it. And so you stop. Well, God didn't give me the answer I wanted, so. God says, I want you to pray continually. If you're going to pray for me once and then kind of put like, God, I'm giving you a 24-hour time window. And if you don't answer, well, I'm on my own. Right? God's not changing you in that moment. (laughs) doesn't work that way. I literally want you to know prayer works so that you can pray continually. God hears and God will answer. Now listen, we'll dive into this a little bit more in a couple of weeks, but God sometimes answers with yes to your prayer request. Sometimes he answers no. Sometimes he answers not yet. And part of the problem, not part of the process is that God's going to do what is best within his will. And God's will, listen to me, is for you. But it's hard, like there are those times, like honestly, I remember my dad dying of pancreatic cancer, and I'm thinking, I literally asked God this question, God, your best for my mom's life is to be a widow? Like that was what you willed? Sometimes God's answer is yes. Sometimes it's no, sometimes it's not yet. Sometimes it's Dave, get on board with what I'm doing. I'm going to change your mind and I'm gonna change your heart. But you gotta even submit your picture of how life ought to be to my picture of how life ought to be. You gotta submit your story of you to the big picture story of me. That's what God wants. So prayer works. Why do we pray during services? Because I believe it makes the boat go faster. Will it make your life go faster? Some of you are praying to die. God, I'm old. Please, just take me now. I'm not saying that kind of faster. I'm saying it's going to quicken your head. It's going to quicken your heart. It's going to bring peace to you in all circumstances. You're going to experience joy you're, even when you're not happy. You're going to experience a deep internal joy. You're going to give thanks to God. You're going to pray continually, and God is going to work his will within your life. It works. I want you to know it. Why? Because I believe it makes the boat go faster. Well, we pray differently. Did you ever notice that? You hear, like, somebody pray, and you're like, man, I wish I could pray like that. You ever heard someone do, like, warfare praying? And you're like, that is so powerful. Like, how do they do it? They're probably an eight. They're probably a challenger on the Enneagram. I'm just telling you, like, challengers, they want to do warfare praying. They're like, let's forget all this like soft-spoken stuff, let's just, let's get after it, you know, they want to go, and I want to just run through and just say, I think that there's some things that God would say to pray continually, depending on your Enneagram type, and depending on that, and so here's a couple, I want to say reformers, reformers are the ones, how many reformers we got in here, come on, be honest, reformers, yeah, you want to make things better, you want to make life better, I want to tell you to pray continually, but bring your anger before the Lord too, don't let the sun go down on your anger, How many twos we have in the room? Helpers. How many helpers we got around? Lots, right? Helpers, pray to empower the work of God through your service, but don't forget to pray for your needs too. And to submit your needs to the will of God. Don't be like, God, tell my sister to come help me. Maybe say, God, not my will, but yours be done. And I do have some needs, and would you meet me in that moment? right? Helpers, pray continually. Achievers, how many achievers? We've got threes in the room. Achievers, I'm one, definitely other achievers, right? Okay, achievers, go for it. Go for gold. Go for gold in prayer. Like, go for it. Don't just hold back. Like, go for it. But listen, achievers, don't pray fancy prayers. <laughs> Bring the real you to the real God. Don't try to impress God with saying the right words so that he's impressed and will think, okay, I'll answer that prayer. No, achievers, you're not trying to achieve. You're not trying to perform in that moment. Just bring the real you, the good, the bad, and the ugly, before God in prayer. What about you individualists? we got fours in the room. You might be a four. If, if you're a four, you're not going to raise your hand right now. Do you know why? Because you want to be the most unique person in the room. And if somebody else raises their hand, then you might not be as unique as them, and you might actually hate them. So fours in the room, you want to be unique. I want to tell you something. Pray continually. But pray uniquely. Do some art and pray as you're doing that. Write something. Get out in nature. See God differently because you're going to be you. And in the unique way that God is drawing you to pray continually, force, do that. Be an individualist. No one is like you. Be unique. And bring your uniqueness before God. And don't make an apology about it we got some investigators in here. Number five, investigators, come on, you can raise your hand. Investigators, you want to get to the bottom of the matter, you want to do it, we got investigators. I want to tell you to pray and seek out God's will. Don't stop until you're convinced with what the will of God is in your life. Like, you keep seeking, you keep asking, you keep praying, you keep going after it. Investigate. But I want to tell you, investigators, you're so smart that you think you can think your way to solve the problem instead of praying about the problem. So, investigators, I want to tell you pray continually. Be generous in prayer. Pursue the Lord with the generosity of praying in your life. Pray continually. Few people need to pray continually as much, I believe, as the investigator, because what happens is what we know in our heads can get in the way of the assumptions of our heart. We might miss the will of God because we tried to outthink Him. You're smart, we get it, you're brilliant. We need you, we love you, but be generous in prayer. What about loyalists? Sixes in the room, you got any loyalists in here, right? Now, you are probably the people who pray the continually the most in all of all, everybody here. Why? Because you're afraid of everything. Like, everything bad can happen, and you're afraid of it, and so you're gonna constantly pray continually in a pursuit of courage. But again, let God change your mind. Let him change your heart that you begin to trust him. He will keep in perfect peace those whose hearts trust him, that your mind will trust him. God's going to bring you corporate peace. You're going to have a big track record that when you become afraid, you will trust in the Lord. Pray continually. Maybe in the room we've got some challengers. Challengers, man, you're, you're going to challenge everything. You're like, let's go to prayer warfare, and you are all about it. And let me tell you, proud, challengers pray powerfully in the authority of God's Holy Spirit. You pray, you go after it powerfully in God's Holy Spirit, in his power. But pray for the opportunity in your life to extend mercy and grace to others. Because you're going to assume you know God's timeline in their life, and you don't. You're going to assume that you know the way that things should go, and maybe that's not the will of God. So pray powerfully, but make room within it for the Spirit of God. And peacemakers, nines in the room. We've got lots of nines, right? Nines, pursue your faith, what you know in your head, with an action. Peacemakers pray continually. Put it into practice. Put it into action. Invite God all the time into that. And then I want to mention the sevens, the enthusiasts. Any enthusiasts in here? Just shout it out. Woohoo! Yeah, right. Yeah, enthusiasts. The enthusiasts in here. And I've got a little bit of seven in me, right? You're going to be a persuasive promoter. You enthusiasts, listen. If you're not praying, enthusiasts, you're going to have the fear of missing out because you're missing out. If you're going after everything else that seems exciting, but you're not praying in your life, you are actually missing out. Pray continually as you pursue contentment. And guess what? You're going to rejoice a lot more often. You're not always going to be in fear that you're missing out. You're not always going to be enthusiastic about things that maybe don't need to be enthusiastic. What you're going to do is you're going to be like, God, I am going to pray, and I'm going to pray that there is contentment. Because the enthusiast wants to sometimes avoid what is hard, and they want to do all what's good, and they want to see God do many, many great good things. But God's going to begin to work in you the contentment that you and I so desire, because that brings security. We'll write this down. Pray through until there's a breakthrough. Pray through until there's a breakthrough. If you want the boat to go faster, you've got to change your approach, so hit and miss prayers are no longer going to cut it. Pray through till there's a breakthrough, that you're going to keep bringing this. God, I'm thinking about it again. I'm going to bring it before you again. God, I'm concerned about this again. I'm going to bring it before you again. And don't just pray once and say, oh, I prayed about it. <laughs> pray through because God is in the process changing that and changing you. If you just give it the one-stop shop, then God's going to go, are you really even serious about it? Sometimes God tests us. Are you going to pray through your impossible situation? Are you going to pray through and pray through and pray through until there's a breakthrough? Can you do that? Write this down. What will prayer do in my life? It will influence my behavior, change my attitude, and empower all that concerns me. When believers' lives go forward, figuratively, when your life goes forward, it figuratively goes forward on your knees. And when a church moves forward... It figuratively goes forward on its knees. That prayer is the vehicle that gets the drive going. It's the change in the approach from what you've been trying to what you've been doing. And to see the church move forward, prayer makes the boat go faster. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to take some time to do corporate prayer. But I want you to change your approach. Whatever your normal approach is during our time of corporate prayer, we, typically we're standing because we've been singing and we pray for needs in the church. Here's what we're going to do today. I'm going to change your approach. I want you to spend some time praying to the Lord. And at this moment, I'm going to have you be seated. And then I'm going to come out and I'm going to pray. And as I pray, I'm going to ask you all to stand. And we're going to just corporately then worship back to God. And then we're going to talk about what the most important prayer you can pray is. So right now, what I want you to do, you might change your posture. You might lift a hand to the Lord. You might, some of you, if, you, if your knees can handle it, you might turn around and face your seat and put your elbows on the seat and just pray to God. You might just close your eyes. You might lift your hands. whatever's comfortable for you to do, I'm going to just invite you to posture pray. And I'm going to ask you right now to bring your request before the Lord, to pray before him as his Lord that you can try to go through life and do life on your own, but without the spirit of the living God coming into your heart, cleansing you of all the sin you've ever done wrong, making you a new creation on the inside. That's how you get direct access power to God. God hears the cry of the sinner who says, God save me, but he wants to hear the humble cry of that person. And maybe today you've just been listening, you've been hearing things, you've been talking to people, and you're realizing that Jesus died on the cross to forgive you of all your sin, and that He's inviting you to come into a relationship with Him. Well, the door for that relationship is prayer. And this is the most important prayer. You can pray with your heads bowed, eyes closed, just thinking about your own life. If you've never invited Jesus to forgive you of your sin, and to come into relationship with you, pray this. Jesus, today, I give you me. I ask you to come into my heart. Change it. Change me. Take all the bad things I've done, God. I believe that because of your death on the cross, you can wash them away and make me as white as snow. I believe you died for me and that you were buried that you rose to new life because you're God. And so today, Jesus, I give you me. And right now, if you prayed that most important prayer, will you raise your hand anywhere around the room? All the way in the back, I see you guys back there. Awesome, yeah. You might be in the loft and a friend of mine will see you up there. God, I thank you today. Would you bring to us all those who know you, who need you, God, those you're already drawing to yourself, and we have no clue about it. We have no clue that that furthest out person that we might never believe can be saved, you're already working on. So God, would you help us as we have eyes to see by faith, change us, change our minds, change our hearts, and that God, you would bring them into relationship with you. We pray in Jesus' name, and together, everybody said, amen. Give it up for what God is doing in and through and among us. Awesome. Thank you for listening to the Sun Grove Podcast. For information on Sun Grove Church, visit our website at sungrove.org.